Jakey. Can you you said my name wrong? Jake. Who <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Bob Key of the Lake Podcast. Zacharias, the premier the whiskey podcast. Shut up. Um, yes, sir. <laughs> the premier whiskey podcast with the mention of whiskey in the title now. Maybe you didn't know Matt Brown, but we changed our name of the podcast to the Key in the Lake Whiskey Podcast. Big change. Big change for big making I'm big moves. I'm happy for you. Um, you know, since uh, we are back at the Fountainhead Roof Deck, Roof Deck Garden, is that right, Bob? Roof deck garden, yes. There's no deck in the sun. No, I know. Spacing, you know. Mm. Well, roof deck garden. We are yeah. here to continue our uh, series of Fountainhead series of conversations. Unfortunately, Wilson Ramon Razor Torres <laughs> is, not <laughs> with, <laughs> is not with us today. He uh, oh, had to bail on us Wilson. last minute to handle some home duties, if you will. Love you, Wilson. Love him. We miss you. Love that guy. Already. Home duties. But here to fill in his shoes is Bob Zacharias, the beverage director and manager of Fountainhead and Fountainhead Deck Roof Garden. Roof yeah. Deck Garden. I don't know. what That's Something like that. Something like that. Something and like the market, that. too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, guys. Thanks for coming and hanging out today. Welcome. No. Uh, pleasure having seen Matt. Haven't oh, seen yeah. Him it's at least since February. So, I'm back, um, baby. Yeah. Back to the old school. Matthew Good. D. Brown. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. I'm very pleased to be here. Has um, Matt been I'm on more podcasts than anybody else? Uh, Matt was maybe the not anymore. Matt was the original co-host. Then he was fired. Um, <laughs> yeah. He came back and then he those was fired episodes again. will never make the light of day. Those first ones. Um, they did. Uh, oh no! <laughs> then, your, then your bosses came on. and They fired you from the podcast. That's true. And I mean, we had you back after a few suspensions. Yes. And I came back for the anniversary. The I think Christ- that was my the, last episode. The, no. Oh yeah, because Christmas was before that. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and then uh, I think you know what I think Callum wa- has been on more episodes of. Than I, think, I at this I point. I think Bob's getting there too. Oh yeah, well slowly you, but surely. You're welcome to. Creepy, you're, creepy. I, I'm happy to have blazed this trail for all of you and yeah. um, proud to be your role models. Actually, um, Matt brought us our first real guest, if you will, for the podcast with Mike Moreno. Oh yeah, yeah. Back on gosh, almost a year and a half ago. Or so. My legacy endures. Absolutely, we're going to see Mike uh, next Wednesday. We're recording okay. with Mike at Ositos. Nice. To see how everything is going down there on Hell yeah. the southwest side of town with sales and running of bar as well at the same time during all this great experience. Five months of COVID, pandemic, shelter in place, go back to shelter in place, quarantine states up to 22 at this point. That you can't come into Chicago. City's on lockdown. But you made it from the suburbs. I, yeah. And I did. Yeah, good for you. Thank you. I'm very proud of you. I made it past the gates. How is uh, everybody at the Blum Brothers doing? I guess you were you were on an episode of a few months, a couple months ago. We did a Zoom cast on National Bourbon Day. Oh, oh that was fun. Yeah. That was fun. Yes. Yeah. Matt got naked and played the banjo. That that sounds familiar. True story. That's true, a true story. <laughs> but I don't remember it somehow. Well, there's no possible way to find out why I don't remember that no. night. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Blum your, bo- your boss was a little more drunk than you were. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, they've been out in the boat all day. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Mm. Mm. So everything's going good at Blum Bros. Uh, I think, as we mentioned, probably in that uh, National Whiskey Day Zoom call, what we were ta- probably talked at length about the sanitizer. Yeah. Stuff like that. Um, trying to get kind of back to normal, back to... to uh, I'm this. I promise you this, dear listeners and my friends Jake and Bob. I am not going to say back to normal again on this podcast because I frankly don't don't think that we're going home again after all this. 
but it's a topic of conversation to have. Yes. So uh, getting our distilling you back on. Mic away just a little bit. You're Ooh, I would <laughs> glad to. <laughs> Hello. A little closer now. That's Hello. There you go. Perfect. There you go. You're at Wilson range there for a second. Well, Wilson, you have to get super. Because he talks like this. Because you know, sometimes I have to go to Union Horse Distilling Co. in Kansas City. I want to make a. Lo- I want to have a make- love making rye in my bed with me all night. <laughs> oh God. Uh, so we're trying to get the distilling back on schedule, laying down bourbon and rye. Uh, we're also laying down a bunch of clear rum um, or white rum, whatever you'd like to call it, unaged rum. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, you know, we have it all uh, got, got, we took it all down to proof, um, just waiting on getting some labels approved and printed for that. Hopefully see that a little bit of that through the distribution channels. Nice. So we're super excited. You know, when I started, when I started with Blum Bros, way back in, ooh, the balmy summer of 2017, going into the, uh, going Actually, into- It was a really hot summer. Yeah. Going into Mike, uh, Mike Blum and Chris Rittenauer's offices at the distillery, you'd think that, that all they made was rum. Uh, right. Just, yeah, rum huh. samples and bottles all over the place and rum papers, because that's when they started laying down our, our aged rum. Uh, so we have a we do have a three year old, at least three year old rum laid down right now. Huh. I don't know if we'll see any of that this year, but it is getting really really good. Um, the white rum, like the um, aged rum, is made from hundred uh, percent Caribbean black molasses, so real stuff, heavy stuff, um, and, and it's and it's a really flavorful white rum has a nice salinity to it so i'm excited for everyone to yeah. everyone yeah. to see it sounds cool 200 percent. i mean that's yeah. that's that's nice uh not often you see especially smaller um smaller guys are able to are able to do that so that's pretty cool yeah we're not trying and we're not trying to kind of like with our uh whiskeys we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here or anything just trying to do what what uh a, a lot of uh a lot of the methods that ha- have been known to great rum makers for you know 100 years mm-hmm. right so yeah and for uh new listeners we jokingly but all, all just aside we have had the blum brothers on on the podcast quite a bit when it comes through you or um your bosses the co-founder. please all joking aside yes all joking aside um but yeah we've become good friends over the last couple of years or so and the blum brothers were one of the first uh distillers we had on to talk about making hand sanitizer and transitioning over to that back in uh, mid-march when we were Kind of going, you know, from a industry whiskey podcast to how is this whole thing affecting um, not just our industry but the entire world? And we saw distilleries step up and really become a part of the solution to help communities out all across the world, not just here in America. For sure. And um, now, you guys, are you still doing hand sanitizer? Yeah, a little bit. Okay, I've um, seen other brands posting a little bit here and there mm-hmm. still about it, but um, doesn't even seem to be the biggest need. It and doesn't. I, and as Mike yeah. pointed out. Um, I mean, it was mad. Thank, thankfully, too, that it's not as big of a right, right, absolutely. I can't remember which, which brother it was, but pointed out how giant corporations actually they were holding so much stock of hand sanitizer in their back rooms that people weren't able to get it, but it was accessible technically. It was out there in the market for people to find. Um, it's just a matter of that giant corporations and giant chains are holding all of it. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I would I wouldn't uh, put it past them. Well, at no, all. but it just shows the yep. perseverance in. The true community of whiskey when it comes to these distilleries saying we're going to put aside our whiskey making what we true what we do for a living and this is how we support ourselves and our family and our community and reach out to everybody who needs it from us i uh i'm so proud of the fact that the company that i work for is a part of a community 
and many different ones, you know, yeah. not only the Galena area and that whole tri-state region of Northwest Illinois and Eastern Northeast Iowa and that Quarantine little corner list. of Wisconsin. Quarantine list. Iowa is? And, and Wisconsin. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. I had n- I have no problem avoiding those states anyways. Hey-o. Bob and, Bob and I don't, unfortunately. <laughs> Slam dunk in their goddamn faces. I'm staying here, baby. I was trying to explain to my sister. She's like, hey, you should come home to Des Moines in Iowa yeah. this weekend for my mom's birthday. My nephews, because they haven't shut anything down in Iowa, still play baseball like every day. Ugh. And they're like, it's their state tournament. I'm like, well, I can't. can't. And she's like, what are you not? I'm like, because you're on our quarantine list. And describing to my 31-year-old sister what a quarantine list was, like describing physics to a third grader <laughs> don't you don't you want to get uh get onto some metal bleachers shoulder to shoulder with some other large people and watch baseball well they were doing that initially but now you have to sit to the sides in your own procured chairs mm. yeah and you cannot sit in the stands any longer but at the beginning of the summer yes you could great yeah uh anyways community community <laughs> yeah <laughs> but and like uh, di- uh the part of the like distillery community and the like chicago area restaurant community and, yeah. uh, you know, when we say too like supporting local, like, uh, man, I, a lot of people like to sit, uh, support local. This is always my gripe against, <laughs> you know, nameless, you know, uh, establishments. Uh, I always felt like they said they supported local, but they never put their money where their mouth is. They never bought local stuff, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it was always so frustrating. But if there's good things that come out of the past as you said five months that we've had almost a full-on uh pandemic response in the united states i have found that much more often than not people have been putting their money where their mouth is when it comes to supporting local and i think that's really cool and i think it's one of the things that i hope the most transcends this you mean local as in like buying from restaurants going to yeah, local grocery store absolutely yeah. supporting uh, trying to patronize the places within like mm-hmm. your walking distance of your house yeah you know? i think we might have talked on it but about how uh celtica they only survived because he was kept buying food from the store which right. is a store just down the street from fountainhead here in ravenswood great, great little uh great little celtic irish shop uh yeah locally ran they're awesome awesome yeah. people do you have something to say about that, Bob? No, I was just gonna, rant. I, I, uh, no, I was just going to. Then I will continue ranting. Talked no, about it. Sure so will. We talk about that. Like, how was the. And I apologize if you guys have talked about this on a previous podcast during this, but like, people coming to um, to buy, take out, like, mm-hmm. like, support coming in. Like, how have you guys seen that with not being able to do tours for a while? Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that your restaurant was closed yeah. in the tab room for a little while. So, yeah. like, were people like. Lining up to buy bottles to take home for their kind you know, of that but, sort of thing, or yes, but also there's only so much whiskey a town of three thousand can drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure so, it can run its course a little bit. There. Exactly, but uh, there's been a lot of people buying uh, like t-shirts and stuff like that. So people have been supporting in the way that they could, and it was Even, quite heartening. Didn't your local the local shop there print the labels for the hand sanitizer for free? Uh, probably. I, I'm not sure. That about sounds it. about right. Yeah, but there's isn't there a really famous printing shop? Yes. Yes. I don't In know. Galena. I guess I shouldn't ask you. You're not actually <laughs> from Galena, and you talk a lot of trash about Galena. <laughs> what? what? Me? No. I never. No, never would. When have I ever spoken an ill word about never. Galena? I, heard you, I actually heard you say one time that you hate Dylan's. <laughs> I've never been to Dylan's. You've never been to Dylan's? No. Well. Because I go there, and I, I go to Galena, and I come home. Mm. Pick up some whiskey and leave. Pick up some whiskey and leave. Well, 
next year if we can still do the Galena Whiskey Weekend. Mm-hmm. Looking not too good about that, probably. But if we do, you'll have to come. No, thanks. Anyways, so Jake, <laughs> why not? So Jake, uh, yes. how, uh, have you have you seen like any? I don't know, changing feelings about like having an internet, buying a international whiskey uh, in these like kind of support your local mm. days or has As that a, from the consumer side? You yeah, mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen it, so if patterns know, change? Yeah, I work for an Australian whiskey distillery called Starward. Just came to the U.S. last year and pronounce it Australian. No, that's what everybody at Testings asked me. Starward, <laughs> Starward. <laughs> That was, I think that was more Boston than anything. They just had Boston. <laughs> but, Boston um, t- touch to it. Because they're having the same effect over in Australia where our sales, we saw a lot kind of go through the roof when it came to local markets there over in Melbourne and Sydney and other major markets too. I think that probably had a little bit to do with distribution and getting your Jack and your Jim over there and other products from across the world, which they really love. Bourbon is a huge uh, money maker. I believe it's the fifth largest uh, imp- uh importer of bourbon um, the, across the world over in Australia, mostly because wow. they have the highballs, the ready-to-go beverages. Yep. and Those those which, kill overseas. Right. And it, which, Jamie and I were just talking, Jamie Duffy today. Jamie, hey, Jamie. Why don't we have those what? here? That's a crazy thing. I mean, yeah. I've, I'm talking to um, other, other, d- other uh, distilleries from uh, from Scotland or talking yeah. to yourself and um, – and then talking with like guys like you know Eddie Russell and and they say how overseas the the highball ready to go um, in a, in Asian markets and in Australia and in the southern hemisphere um, those things go crazy. Yeah, I think Japan has them in vending machines. Yep, they do. They <laughs> yeah. absolutely do. Uh, so Turkey and Coke, I think, and I think yep. it's at yeah, uh, yeah. Forget the percentage now. I'm spacing on that, but anyways, I, mean, they, they I guess do Slow and Low is the only brand I've really seen to do it with the cans. Yeah, yeah. Shout so to my, it, my old employers. Uh, it is interesting yeah. that, that 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 how that export market is such a is such a big thing for a lot of distilleries for yeah. sure, but it doesn't really either. They don't, you know, it doesn't really translate here, or, yeah. or it's just not as much of a big thing here. I guess going back to your question, Matt, was local. Yeah, obviously, people from America that barely even, I would say, majority of drinkers of Star Order, pretty high qualified whiskey drinkers and know their stuff and are looking for that international flavor. Um, if you say so, you heard it here. If you don't drink Star Wars, you are dumb. <laughs> you are a dumb guy. Uh, I'll be, doesn't know your stuff. I'll be fired on Tuesday after this comes out. <laughs> <Right. laughs> um, but what did that part? I out? think the word more the support. You know, dummies drink our stuff. I just want to say, I think if you drink Blumbros, you very well may be a stupid. I don't think a dumb dumb. I don't think a, a intelligence slope. test score has anything to do with what I was talking about. I think more to do with people that are having more of a sophisticated palate. Oh, wow. Ooh. You, oh, wow. <laughs> I'll think of something to uh, make fun of you for what you just said. Just okay. give me about 20 minutes. Thank you. Okay. Um, but, yeah, obviously, we're um, jokes aside, that it's, it's people that have more of an expansive range of drinking whiskey and looking, yeah. more of a world whiskey mm-hmm. uh, explorer. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's what we're trying to Single narrow, malt fans. narrow down here. Absolutely. Yep. So the support doesn't come from, hey, we're going to support this Australian brand. It's me talking to people like Bob and other beverage directors mm. and store owners supporting me as a local person here yeah. in Chicago, I think. Mm-hmm. For sure. Have you uh, been traveling at all? I have not traveled. <laughs> <You've been laughs> well, I was in Denver on March 13th for a whiskey festival. Oh, I'm not yeah. sure if you knew that. <laughs> yeah, so that was my last travel. Me and Rudy oh Gobert and Post, <laughs> <laughs> me, uh, and Post Malone was playing that night as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. 
So basically, Bob is touching his microphone all over no, and Rudy and, Gobert and, style. And Bobby Lee was performing at the uh, Denver Comedy Works. Is that true? Yeah. Wow. I invited him to the whiskey festival. But what did he say? Well, he's sober. <laughs> well, so. <laughs> but he runs a podcast with Andrew no. Santino, who is a big whiskey drinker, who has a huh. podcast called Whiskey Dr- Ginger. And he was actually performing oh. in Chicago that night. Oh. And I was in Denver. I had tickets to his show. Thankfully, got canceled because I was in Denver. Right. It got canceled because of COVID. But I don't know if Bobby performed or not. But we still had about 250 people coming to the Whiskey Festival. And, uh, and uh, it, the Whiskey Festival, it was shoulder to shoulder? No. It was, everyone it was, it was, quite, a big, it was quite a big ballroom. Everyone sliming um, all over each other. The agency that puts it on, Agency 21, which do a really professional job of running festivals, they kind of changed the laws. Uh, the requirements, I guess, was there wasn't like a face mask or anything because that was pretty early on. But they're like no no um, no gatherings. I think of eight or more people trying to at a table. Yeah. Limit that. Um, no handshaking. And we kind of were all just like scoffing at it in that American atmosphere right. of, of the course. attitude yep. of sure. Nothing can affect us because sure. that's how the whole country was at that point. You know, on March March thirteenth. I think stupid it was looking back on it. The NBA suspending its season yeah. were almost Th- that's all what of I this said country. Yeah. That's yeah. what and I said. We did, and we did the festival two days after that. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I, uh, <laughs> in one of our earlier podcasts, I said that was when I, I remember being behind the bar oh, yeah. and looking up and seeing that like NBA oh, just yeah. canceled the season. I was like, we're all in trouble. Oh, yeah. This is, for that, real. that was that moment when I was like, all right, this is, this is going to be a, a shut a shut down sort of situation. This will affect bars and restaurants. Yeah. This will affect the entire capacity of everybody that does it's anything. It's so funny, like how naive we were to think that two weeks is really going to be to do anything. You know? Oh, right. totally. Right. Yeah. Well, I, cause I thought I also thought the NBA would shut down for seven days. I'm yeah. like, one week they'll shut it down, just kind of yep. it'll save face a little bit, figure out what's going on, then restart. Well, that was the pattern though, because in other countries right. that have a more Japan, co- yeah, Japan, South Korea, that have a more cohesive like central government that's willing to like mm. so what we've learned is that if we have highballs to go in cans we'd probably be a better society <laughs> yes. yes well I, well it, you know you look at you look at the other uh, that was the f- that was the example that was set so we're like oh yeah this will be over in a month but of course we don't do anything like that here in the united states i guess not no but if you're president and it's a time to announce <laughs> <laughs> that time of year. No, but how? Because uh, distilleries now back fully with doing distillery tours, bars yeah, open. Yeah, so uh, we're doing tours of I believe nineteen and less to accommodate the tour guide as well. Mm. So um, we do have limited seating inside, very limited. The Occupancy is based off of square footage, which would have given us a, hu- a huge occupancy just because so much of our building yep. isn't a bar. So, yes. Right. That could really make your occupancy seem right. Like, like you could pack it. Right. Not that you guys would. Yeah. I'm just saying like theoretically. Could. They would. We could. You could and then still be at a 25% right. Right. capacity. Right. Which I've seen. So I know must, some other yes. places. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that have done that. The whole the whole ethos behind what our kind of strategy with this is we're trying to follow the spirit of the law versus the letter of the law Mm -hmm. you know just trying to keep it everyone inside safe especially our our employees who have would have the potential of you know spreading it between ever every single guest at the 
at the bar right. and at home. I mean, it could and be a real problem. And as a, a tourist problem. destination, that part of the of the um, state, it could spread to a lot of different places. Oh, yeah. And, well, people come in from other places and could bring their um, stinky little they viruses. They supposed to. They aren't supposed well, actually to. Actually, they have 24 hours to exit. Put the them state. on the list. Yes. Put them on the list. Whatever they're, list that is. They're bringing their stinky little snot particles to uh, Galena. That is a fear, but I think um, to everyone, to what I've seen in Galena, to people's credit, like they're trying. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it has it. It is a small town in America, and there is part of that that you've seen on the news in every I think small town in America where it's like, well, we don't. We live out here. We don't have those city problems. Mm-hmm. We don't right. need to wear masks. Right. You know, there yep. is definitely, I think, that current going on. Not just, I mean, it's not unique to Galena. That's what I'm trying no, to say. It's no, not. no, no, no. I've never disparaged Galena <laughs> in my entire life. Hmm. And sometimes it's not out of uh, militia either. No. It's just um, ignorance. Uh, ignorance. Yeah, and that's the, the definition of it. And that's why sometimes right. if that could come off like, you're being ignorant is such a it can seem like an aggressive yeah. term, but it's just that you might not know. There's, yeah. there's certain situations and everybody, whether it's it's COVID related or anything else, you could be ignorant about something and you just might not know. So it goes that goes with uh, you want you want some when's a fan on fans or not. I just got distracted air. by the pulley chain, um, so I wanted to touch it. I've been recording and six that just podcasts goes, here and haven't noticed it yet. <laughs> uh, and that just goes along with educating yourself and continual conversation about all things and especially COVID. Oh, I agree with that 100%. I think it was really epitomized. I'm not sure if you saw the post that Jamie put on Facebook the other day, that cartoon of the guy. I did see Oh, that. yeah, I love cartoons. Infuriating. Yeah, infuriating. Oh, infuriating. not the cartoon this, I'm thinking this morning, this morning I went back and looked at the original post. I don't know if you did that. Are you I didn't. Gr- no, I, okay. d- I just saw what Jamie Actually, it came up my feed somehow because I was in that group. Okay, that, gotcha. I'm, I'm part right. of that group. Yep. Whatever. Okay. Bourbon whiskey. Bourbon whiskey. There's like 40,000 people that are part of it. Yeah. But anyways, this is scribe. And I was trying to have her come on today, but she was busy to talk about this. Oh, that would have been a nice surprise. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's launching one of her brands today, though. Oh, all right. Yeah, hey. So support to her. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I can't remember what brand it is, so I can't give a <laughs> shout out. <laughs> Matt's Shout out to Jamie Duffy. You, you've heard uh, White Claw <laughs> incoming Gray Talon, all natural seltzers. Just happened to, uh, did you guys see yesterday, Topo Chico? No. Are they doing that? Topo Chico's Coca-Cola is entering the hard seltzer category through Topo Chico. Uh, Sounds about right. Topo Chico hard seltzer. So that will be happening. 28 okay. mile distillery. Oh, yeah. 28, 28 mile. Oh, yeah, I know. yeah, I've heard 28 They're mile. They're in yeah. um, up by Highland Park. Yes. Yep. Highwood. Yep. Highwood. Yes. They're in Highwood. Highwood. Yes. So uh, they're making a gin hand sanitizer right away. We oh, actually nice. still have a little bit of the market. Oh, cool. Um, it's a gin-based hand sanitizer they were doing. We they it was within the first two weeks or so, um, and oddly enough, I was washing my hands, put my hand sanitizer. Like, yeah. Why do my hands smell like gin? Ah, the lovely sounds of the Fountainhead Roof Deck Garden. <laughs> we're always good for one. Always good for one. <laughs> um, and it smelled like gin. Nice. Well, 28 Mile, shout out to you. Yeah, I like them. But uh, the picture Good that folks. she had posted, the cartoon, was a picture of a guy facing a guy and then three girls making out. And it was like, well, this is what happens when guys drink whiskey. And this Do you want ha- more whiskey? Yes. Yeah. And then women drink whiskey and they're like groping each other. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's so absurd. So the, ori- the original post The has two like man had faces, had too, have like quaffed right. blonde hair and big burly beards. It's, yeah. it's, it's the so like absurd. Yeah. yeah. I, I, so when pathetic. I first saw it, I only saw the guy part because I didn't scroll down far enough. I'm like, okay, I just making fun of hipsters or mm-hmm. typical whiskey drinkers. Yep. I, and I scroll down, I'm like, wait, 
what? And I'm like, what does it have to do with anything? And then I read Jamie's post about it because this was I initially saw it from her post. And this morning I was it was still was bothering me when I saw it again and it came up just coincidentally and there were 600 likes to it. Yeah, in the in the original Bourbon Whiskey Society or whatever it's called on Facebook. Uh, and what even made it more discouraging was I went and read the comments and all these guys been like. They're like, oh, I want to give them more whiskey. Yeah, uh, I want to be a part of that. Or hangout. posting like pictures of Jack Daniels girls, like in their wardrobe that they wear to like tastings and stuff, and like, yeah, this is and just perpetuating this notion that all girls are skanks when it comes to working inside of the whiskey industry, which is 100 percent not true. And getting back to like kind of COVID and everything that's happening now, it's all goes back to education because you think there's this perception of that the whiskey industry is all male dominated and girls in that are just like party chicks and can't be an educated, thought provoking, very intelligent person. Best palates. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Some of the, some of the best palates yeah. I've, I've come across Monique. On, Houston. A- right. on average, uh, it, uh, females have more taste buds. Yep. Oh I yeah, that. that's true. Huh. It's something like they're more packed densely in the tongue or yep. something yeah. like that. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, it just goes back to the, um, I think it, what it, it epitomizes everything in our society where if you are ignorant of something, you keep posting the wrong things, you keep saying the wrong things, you keep acting the wrong way. And this relates to the whiskey industry right there where you have this society of 40,000 people that claim to see be scotch and bourbon drinkers, scotch and whiskey drinkers, whatever it may be. But they aren't a part of this industry, this bubble of people that love each other, not because if they're a guy or a girl, but because we all respect one, each other's, one another's opinions. Um, you know, enjoy being with everybody regardless of like their sex or race or whatever it may be. Just, Hey, do you want to sit down and like have a drink and talk and have a good conversation? Mm -hmm. Um, which is unfortunate to see. Yeah. It's, it's truly pathetic. Um, and, and I feel like it's really all built around, uh, very insecure men oh, yeah. wanting to reaffirm their masculinity by the whiskey they drink. Yeah, And, and it's just, and it's, and it's pathetic. Fi- find your, find something to boost your own super thin yeah. self-esteem somewhere else. Yep. And Chris Blanton and I were having this conversation first online that I'm perp- on in person a couple weeks ago, uh, urban bourbonist shout out to you, Chris. Um, hey Chris. About so why I gotta find, find that watch company. Again. <laughs> Chris. I like yeah, this watch. Right. Um, but we were talking about how, why Kentucky hasn't, Kentucky brands and bigger brands haven't said anything about, um, wearing a mask, being out there safely drinking responsibly when that's right. your whole tagline is because you're forced to do it by the government essentially when you're promoting right. a brand or advertising a brand. And I told him this, I didn't say it on the podcast, but I guess I'll say it now. It's like, well, my grandfather who isn't necessarily a person to hold back any words when it comes to making off colored remarks. Sure. Some would just say prejudice. Some would say racist. Um, a lot of those guys are still running the industry in certain yeah, parts of, of the world, and that's mm-hmm. what you're seeing inside of this bubble on face gr- on Facebook. Um, these group of people they live in not necessarily big city environments where they're exposed to a lot of different cultural diversity, and they think that this is your one way of co- having conversation because this is how the good old days of growing up and drinking it. But then Jay- Jamie posted on her own page, and you see the bubble of our network inside of Chicago and across America inside the whiskey industry saying like this is fucking fucked up. Um, you know, don't pay attention to this because guys that you work with, and Jamie even said this too, she goes, my biggest supporter, my biggest allies in this industry are guys because they know like this is that bullshit mentality of every girl's a shot girl, every girl's like wearing a skimpy dress and can be touched or whatever, provoked in any kind of way when it comes to, you know, a masculine male trying to get a girl by drinking whiskey just isn't um, appropriate. No, it's not. Um, I think you hit on something super important with mentioning that it's still, the industry is still controlled by, you know, rich older white guys. Like you and me. (laughs) 
As everyone knows, I'm independently wealthy. In your early 30s. In my early 30s. My mother invented uh, gaseous paper. As we all know, uh, I'm not sure what that is. liquid paper, you know, whiteout. Well, my mom invented gaseous paper. Anyways, I don't, so. I don't get it. Uh, I'm independently wealthy. <laughs> Cut this part. You know what? Keep it in. Double it. Keep it in. Double it. Put it at the beginning and Put the it end. On Triple it. Oh. This but, is, um, this is the episode of One Lose so, and Not Last Week. So, rich white men very much have this don't bite the hand that feeds that mentality, right? They don't want to piss anyone off. They don't want to support social movements because they're... They, you know, they don't want to alienate their other rich white their guy base. friends. That's what it is. But it's not even their base because we're the base. That's a good point. Because, you know, it's it's not it's soon enough not going to be a, a majority white country. It's going to be a majority minority group country. It's not even their base anymore. Mm. And so many people drink whiskey, as we noted in our bubble. Good point. There's so yeah. many women, so yeah. many people of color. It's not their base, but yeah. it's their base. It's their power base. It's how they've been able to perpetuate their own myth but is it, other rich white people there is a lot of that so in our long. bubble obviously and our bubble is very extensive but it's not as big as the rest of america like, that's true I, like we live in like chicago is a bubble of multicultural places you know every, that's true. every neighborhood mm-hmm. has a different flavor yep. to it and you drive an hour outside of chicago and it's it's iowa it's illinois no, that's, it's, that's it's so white. true it's over 90 percent of your population is one color R- right that being said I think the popula- <laughs> I think the population centers that drive this industry through our bars and our you know cool independent liquor stores Ooh. and off-premise like places Fountainhead market like Fountainhead market like the Fountainhead Rooftop Garden I th- and uh, similar you know institutions which I would call Fountainhead definitely an institution as being really one of the first whiskey bars. Hmm. Uh, in the city, yeah. I mean, uh, certainly Delilah's was, um, well, yeah. Delilah's and and Duke of Perth, but Fountainhead yeah. and and the Bar and Buena too. Yeah, for really, sure. I mean, you know, um, supporting um, and carrying brands that really a lot of other people weren't having as yeah. far back as 17 years ago. What I'm trying to get to is though we're power centers of power and influence. Yeah, and we don't ascribe to these outdated notions of like. The, the founder the, or the founder of Bullet, CEO of Bullet, who's a proven misogynist and well, homophobe. Well, there's a little more to that. Okay. Other, you know, w- I feel like we <laughs> should be able anybody, to. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. We should be uh, acting like it, what that were the center of power and influence, you know? We should be doesn't, empowered to. But doesn't that essentially then negate those people that are outside of city centers? They can drink what they want. <laughs> obviously, they, obviously, they've been catered to. And they have their avenues to like find their what they like, mm. you know. But to have a, uh, you know, the same tripe marketing that's focused around white masculinity, it's enough. It's time to it's time to let those things go. Is this conversations that you guys have in your company. So uh, they're a little more nuanced just because we do have a uh, we do have a small fan base and we don't carry with us the power and the influence that Mm. um, bigger brands would. Yeah, that bigger brands would that I think doesn't mean 
we lack the responsibility yeah as the bigger that i wish the bigger brands would use um but it's just uh we we just don't have we just don't have that so if you were one of these giant brands here in america whiskey brand what would you say as a company figurehead i would say first of all i would say black lives matter i would Mm. say those words because i think those words are company did okay good and i think i would say wear the mask stay home when possible and i would uh i would do away with job descriptions that are basically showing up at a bar in short shorts and tank tops to drive sales why are you critiquing my attire right now (laughs) (laughs) and i would take a strong look at you know um diversity it's not enough to like look around the room and say like okay we have a workforce that's this percentage woman and this percentage because you want to hire people of color yeah yeah yeah. it's not enough to just look around the room and like say like all right we have these faces and these bodies in here but start to really look at what faces and what bodies have been kept out of the industry because of invisible obstacles that were too much to surpass Mm. you know yeah um that were you know um people who've and i know <laughs> listen i'm a white man who is hired by a white men two white men yeah. two white men but um i think there's got to be a, a a big change to how we uh hire people in this industry do you um, have any ideas on that what's that do you have any ideas on that i mean there's a uh, you, you could um uh, I think definitely uh, like lengthening the uh, resume process and broadening like how many people see your job listing and then uh, doing uh, job uh, interviews uh, without um, like remote interviews where you don't meet face to face, I think would be good. Yeah, but you were a guy who pursued your job. You went there in person essentially to get a job. Yeah. And you showed your appreciation for the brand. For sure. That's another thing should be taken away from that so, either. No, look, I'm not saying that there's one way to do it. And I'm obviously hoping for something else from big companies that I've never worked for. You know what I'm mm. saying? That you're applying for right now actively, though. So <laughs> <laughs> Search that Matthew no. <laughs> do we ever is there a canon is there a canon to what the D stands for? A dumbass. Okay. Good. <laughs> In a in the uh, um, key in the wake, wick, uh, key in the lake, <laughs> key in the wake, <laughs> key in the wake, boarding, key in the. I, I was trying to say key in the lake, wiki, but key in the wake, licky was uh, coming out of my mouth. Key in the lake, hooky. Yeah, key in the lake, Jake, the hockey lake hooky. pants, hooky. I'm not wearing hockey hooky. pants. Hooky, hooky, I'm like cookie. <laughs> what? That was a good. That was a good. I'm not wearing hockey pants. That was a good Batman reference. Dark Knight. Dark Knight. When all the fake What's Batman. the difference between me and you? you know, I actually watched that. Wasn't that Pete Holmes that did that one? I don't know. Oh. Mike Donnelly's in the house, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh. Mike Donnelly, bartender, yeah. real estate. Mike Extraordinary. Donnelly. So, uh, Come see him on the Fountainhead rooftop on Tuesdays and Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, all right. No, 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 not for another 43 minutes. When it airs, it will be. Yes. To, to put a pin on it... Um, to put a pin in it. In it. No, that's not. No, even though it. to put a pin in it is like we circle back to it later. Right. 
I guess to, to put an exclamation mark on gently it. Gently ease my way out of this uh, tiger pit that I have like. No, I mean I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to back you into to, a corner to climb up the rope ladder and out of this. But uh, it's a very I, it's a very yeah. I mean I'm, I'm advocating for something that really has the possibility of not affecting my company or job. So the concept, right? I mean, to to put it it super fairly, like to push for more diversity in this industry is um, something that I feel strongly about, but doesn't have a lot of consequence on my life, which honestly can can be a, uh, (laughs) which can uh, be ditto for a lot of other white men in this industry. Like we don't bear the consequence of the lack of diversity in this industry because we're super over well, overrepresented in it. Yeah, I mean, so. I guess really the biggest um, shift from that, I don't know, that stereotype of person inside of this industry would be a lot of uh, liquor store owners that are not white guys. Yeah, totally, Male, 100%. Males, 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 but yeah. definitely diverse uh, backgrounds and come from different uh, parts of the world. Uh, absolutely. Or at least their families do, I should say. Yeah, that's important uh, to talk about as well. Yeah, yeah and, and from the, you know. And uh, restaurant owners are pretty oh, diverse, yeah. at point. least in mm-hmm. the gender, at least uh, um, non male. I'm sorry, my, my focus is so off premise right now. Cause <laughs> right. It's like, right, that's, you never that's know what's open right now when it right. comes to on premise. No, you don't. Yeah. You know, Who's going to be there? Changing, and honestly, even as a rep, every day. you don't want to go to sit at a bar, take up space to say hi to a bartender. Or, no, you do not. Or, yeah. It is incredibly awkward right. sometimes. Yeah, you're good? Yeah, I'm can I have some ice water? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's strange right now. But yeah, sorry, Bob. It, it is strange. No, no. Just saying. I mean, uh, promoting a, <clears throat> a diverse, um, diverse culture and a, and a diverse staff is very important on uh, across the across the board, and it and it shows. Actions, can, you know, speak louder than words, mm. and, and by by reaching out to different um, platforms and and. Uh, extending your your interview process and and looking for that and obviously there is you always want to find the right candidate regardless and look at all things equal but but being able to um, diversify your staff and and your people and it just it brings in a a culture that the staff then feels more comfortable with that then customers feel more comfortable with everybody can it 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 goes along with educating yourself and and trying to strive for a better community um so those things are all they're they're very important and they and they i think it's been given our given the last five months everything that's been happening has been brought to a forefront but it should stay there and it should always be a a a big talking point something that we're always working towards yep yeah i I suppose it doesn't help that either that you know the the founding places of whiskey are ireland scotland are usually sure, sure. pretty white right. <laughs> pretty, you know, yeah, kind pretty of spread white. over here over the last 400 years and this matriculated through the industry from generation to generation not not saying that's the right thing to do to you know exclude people but it's happened that way and there's definitely people that can be a part of changing that like you thank you you're welcome uh oh, mike sweet bob is trying to get your attention <laughs> Just, yeah. no, just sure. another yeah. beer. Two. Two. Two for uh, Mahalo Your Dreams. What is it? Mahalo Your Dreams, a What's slogan that, that I don't truly understand from one of my favorite podcasts, uh, The Need to Fail, with oh. Don Finelli. So the podcast is called The Need to Fail? The Need to Fail, yeah. 
What's it about? Uh, it's about, you know, it's it uh, started as mostly like talking to like comedians and actors. Like they're yeah. uh, are they in Chicago? No, they're in L.A. mostly. Well, L.A. and New York, I guess. Following their avenues towards uh, success and like please. the need to fail. Please, please, please. Uh, so kind of like the Keenan Lay podcast. Yeah. Actually, very very oh, no, similar. We, we're exploring the world through the yeah. identity of whiskey. Um, I mean, Don Finelli is a better interviewer than you. Thank you. <laughs> better Sorry, looking. There you go. Taller. His name sounds very familiar. Uh, he was on the Chris Gethard show. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's been in some good stuff. Comedy Central, right? Uh, that was a public access show. Oh, he's on, on that a, one? Yeah. He was on the public access show and then the one on the yeah. uh, True TV. True TV, that's right. Yep. Um, but that, he's a I'm aware of the improv, improv veteran, too. So he talks to a lot. He's talked to a lot of um, like people who've come up through into comedy and acting through that world. Like uh, your John Gabrises. Your Lauren Lapkuses, your Jason oh, yeah. Manzukas's. Nice. But uh, good but the, time to uh, the start listening. Ending, right? Yeah, he's like four <laughs> episodes left. Why? Uh, it's just run its course, you know. He uh, he stated, you know, at being busier with like a a, a little teeny tiny family. Mm. I think he's a one year old, and then uh, just being busy in the entertainment industry, still like writing and stuff. Oh, okay. Despite cool. the, and he's done 150 episodes. Oh, okay. So the first six of which he Much recorded. Much like our 100 episodes. Yeah. Dude, so this is interesting. This might be a model for 101 through 107 episodes. Uh, so he recorded the first six episodes in like 2013 and then restarted the podcast in 2017. I think a lot of people did that. So, yeah. So the mm-hmm. last six episodes, he's revisiting with... Um, his first six guests huh. who he recorded with in 2013. Oh, well. So it's very interesting. You're on that That's list. Cool. I'm not on that yeah, list. Yeah, you are. What? Well, our oh, list. yeah, your list. Yeah. Your list. I was like, ah, I've not been on that podcast. I have called into that podcast <laughs> and been featured as a voicemail <laughs> a few times. But I would suggest, uh, uh, as long as we're plugging this pretty hard right now, uh, I think a I think month he ago. Be plugging us, it sounds like. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, right. Uh, he had a he had a TV writer and podcast host named Edgar Montplacier on the episode, uh, uh, who hosts another great podcast called Culture Kings, on Earwolf. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I would I would listen to that episode. The Need to Fail. It's on uh, for the Forever Dog Network. So, I'm aware of that network. Yeah, woof woof, woof woof. How hard do you think Forever Dog bit off Earwolf with their network uh, names, huh? I don't know, but but dogs can swim in lakes, and we are key in the lake. Oh, oh. oh nice! Well, Bob, so tired. How is the uh, <laughs> <laughs> the king of segways, Jake Fuki? <laughs> Still getting it wrong. How has uh, the last couple of weeks been with customers and everything? Yeah. Last couple weeks have been good. I mean, I think. Um, I guess again. we should explain. We kind of rolled back two two weeks ago, um, almost two weeks ago with uh, bars closing that did not serve food mm-hmm. um, to their insides. So they can only be on the outdoor um, sales, but that affected a lot of bars because they didn't have the outdoor space they could, to accommodate more than four people, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and it's sad. And it's, you know, unfortunately, we've already lost a couple um, couple great mainstays um, because of that. Right, um, Guthrie's. Guthrie's yep. being, being one of them. I mean, that's 30, 34 years, I want to say, in yeah. that neighborhood. Um, it's just... Uh, the cool it's, Wrigleyville it's a, it's bar. A, it's, yeah, right. Honestly, one yeah. of the one of the one of the cool ones. I prefer yeah. Redmond's. Uh, Do you? Oh yeah. You're not a dark horse man. 
I don't like Chelsea. Nisei? <laughs> no, not Nisei. If you like Malord and all different types of Malord, then you go to Nisei. All different to- types? Yeah, they do like different infusions on Malord. Is that they why they're like, like on every best bar list? Yes. Okay. I it's always wonder why. It. Like... It's part of it. Okay, they're, they're, they're like, they're like, it's like a Malord house. I've only been there once. Nisei? <laughs> Donnelly knows Nisei. I was like, oh yeah. They do like candy cane infusions. I've been trying the, to change this whole place up ever since day one. <laughs> uh, in the winter, like around the holidays, they do like candy cane in, infusion malorts, and yeah, Nisei's a big. Huh. Um, but no, and it's and it's again the, these are nuanced, tough conversations because yeah, yeah. It's does any do a lot of people um, feel safe being inside right now? Um, I'm not, you know, a lot of Wait, people don't. I, mean, I had dinner and, with two doctors the other night, and they're like. Um, just moved to Chicago, and they're like, we would prefer to eat only eat outdoors. We wouldn't want to eat indoors. I'm like, well, most restaurants are kind of really only doing that for the most part if they can occupy that space to, uh, to accommodate their customers. But um, for sure, it's not a problem for us. But they're like, if we get there and they don't let us indoors, we're not or let us outdoors, we're not going to stay. And so there are, there's a hesitancy about staying indoors. Absolutely. Um, it's yeah, so, uh, so, but the last few weeks, you know, I mean, I think the overall response on, on the customer end has been good, and people are understanding of the precautions that we're taking and the things that we ask, um, which isn't, um, I don't think is overwhelming by any means. Um, uh, I, I think at this point, there's, um, we haven't really had much pushback. I mean, people, you know, I we've had every once in a while there's the customer that walks in they they don't have a mask we we're happy to provide them a mask we right. as and as we're talking nice to them you. Yeah. they're literally like walking past me yeah. and I'm handing them the mask and I, uh, there was one customer who I handed a mask to and I was just explaining like once you're when, when you're at your table feel free to take it off we just ask that you wear your mask when you're in common spaces when you get up off your table and you're going to the bathroom um, and as I was saying this to him and handing him his mask he just held it about three inches six to six inches in front of his really? face and then walk to his table and say never even put it on really never even actually put it on so and i and then i went over to the table and i reiterated myself yeah, you yeah. Know, i was you. clear and and concise and still polite but right. direct that's for and everybody else around you yes it's and not for you said, guys not, right and i just said you know please sir when you when you when you get up at the table, if you go to the bathroom or anything, please put your mask on. And, and I think he got it, but so there is there's still a very small percentage that um, was it a, you know they 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 just want to blow you off and um, but we'll 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 enforce what we have to enforce and make ooh. sure that everybody else feels safe. And we have customers that call and say like you know like you know we really want to come up there, we want to support you guys. I'm I'm in my mid 40s. I do have. Mm. Um, underlying health conditions and i'm a little hesitant and they want to know what we're doing to, to yeah. make sure that they feel safe for sure and so i'll i'll walk them through this is what we're doing this guys. is our practices that we're taking um and they feel great about it and so i i want, I want to say 90 percent um of customers um are understanding um and you know and uh and want to work with us and so they can have a good time hmm. and that's so. got to be so embarrassing as an adult to have to be taught how to wear a mask i was wondering how and old I, the showman was and i just and i can't and i can't imagine any other way to uh interact with that besides just like an overwhelming defensiveness you know right. yeah to being like embarrassed like that it's you be, know that's got to be becoming a religion you know it's, convi- oh, it's totally. holding on to conviction that hasn't 
I mean, it's unbelievable. A lot less sense than religion in my mind. For sure. Fully off that point. It's uh, like if I advocate, if I not only um, am I like uh, fine with drinking and driving, but I'm also like advocating that others drink and right, drive. You right. know, it's absolutely well, crazy. I mean, even personally, I went to the ATM literally across the street from my apartment uh, yesterday to go grab some cash real quick, and I forgot to bring my mask with me. And, you know, I'm outdoors the whole time, but in, I'm walking a hundred yards outside but i felt naked and irresponsible mm-hmm. without it and just yeah. kind of walked through a parking i'm like well i'm basically already here now so i'm gonna walk through the parking lot go to the outdoor atm and avoid people but it i still felt stupid yeah no it's yeah. absolutely it's it's and you know we're all trying to and you have to, to go to the to atm to this. hide your money from your wife is that correct yes exactly. okay <laughs> what were you saying put it in the mattress no yeah. I, I just said <laughs> um i had a went out it was one of the first times i had a dinner somewhere it was about a month ago um and and i i got up went to walked mm. about five feet to go to the bathroom i said yeah. oh my god i forgot my mask on my table i'm like i can't believe i just did that i work in a restaurant i just did that. <laughs> so there, it, it is uh, and i i'm understanding of it too, you know if i, if I right. see a customer For get sure. up and they start to go to Definitely. the bathroom yeah. i'll check them and i'll just hey guys and they're like oh i'm so sorry it, there is a again it's not out of malition um you know, it's just a responsibility. It's just yeah, for not just yourself, but everybody around you. Exactly. Yeah. So, huh. wear your mask. Wear your mask. None wear of us. The mask. None of us want to wear. None of us want to wear a mask for the rest of our lives. That's wear a good it. Point. You know. Right. I good mean, point. I. You know, well, don't I mean, love wearing a mask all the time, but it's the right thing to do. It's it's the way that we can try to keep ourselves safe and more importantly keep others safe. Um, and so even if it's in an, in an awkward, if you feel awkward being around a lot of people yeah. or you shouldn't be around that many people anyways, but if you're in a social setting or something, um, and you're wearing a mask, like if it feels weird wearing a mask around people, well, get over it, do it now. And then hopefully, hopefully maybe in six months we don't have to, yeah, I we, don't know if that's going to be the case, but I agree. We'll I mean, we feel like privileges are our rights and hmm. sometimes well said and we think that, oh, yeah, baseball and basketball and football and all sports will always be here. But we see how organizations to that level of people making money and that much power are handling the situation so differently. Right. We have Major League Baseball that's not going to make it through this season. I don't, oh, no. I mean, like, the, just again, we had more We had more a series canceled that weren't even involved with the Marlins at all. Yeah. Um, and this is through one or two COVID uh, positive tests. And where you have the NBA is like, we're going to build this bubble. We're going to make sure nobody goes outside of it. If you do, here is the precautions we're taking. Here's the steps you have to get back to, into the bubble and then yeah. rejoin your team to be and make sure everybody's safe. And then back in England with the Premier League, there is zero test over six weeks. Zero, zero positive tests between 20 clubs. Really? Which was carrying 25 players at a mm-hmm. time and then all the staff with that. And there is no positive tests. Where, huh. where MLB is like crashing 10 days into yeah. the season. Um, and the fact that we think that college football and professional football, NFL will happen because the, pl- the owners are There's just money-sucking money owners. Involved. Yeah, exactly. They will make that happen. That's what it all comes down to. There's yeah. a lot of money these involved. Guys, these like guys don't want to athlete, get back their TV money. But college athletes aren't, aren't paid. They don't have the unions. There's no one protecting no. them. So if their schools <laughs> don't go back to school, they can't go play football. Like yep. right. that's, that, that's set for them. Um, but it, just go, it shows you that you can handle it professionally, responsibly um, and accommodate everybody uh, in a particular manner that doesn't have to neglect anybody or feel anybody that's uh, insecure about wearing a mask, about protecting everybody around you. Um, The NBA has done it successfully so far. Other sports leagues as well. The MLS has ever since. The NBA has had its ups and downs. Well, that's also one bad actor, which was totally irresponsible and it was outside that bubble, but, but they're taking the right precautions to make sure they can get back in there safely. Okay. Yeah. It's not ruining. The, it's not ruining that what's happening. The procedure of what's happening down in Orlando. 
versus the MLB. Nightmare. Yeah. And they had the original idea to build a bubble back out in Arizona or in Florida where it might be where um, they're st- playing in minor league stadiums all across the state there. Yep. Um, they decided to go the different route of playing oh. in their home stadiums. Yep. So we can all relate but to one another. Mike texted me over the weekend and asked me what my favorite part of the 2020 season was. Nice. Because <laughs> it's going to be because it's going to be pretty short. It uh, seems like no. Because everybody was just like, oh, I know, I know. Oh, this stinks. And can you believe it's over already? And Bob's immediate response was Kyle Hendricks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kyle Hendricks. His first start was my favorite. His last start Shut yesterday, not so much. <laughs> uh, not yesterday, the day before. He got shelled a little bit yesterday, the day before, but against Cincy. Yeah, I just like to see the boys out there having a good time. The boys. The boys you know? of summer just having a ball. <laughs> One of my favorite songs. I just like to see. Uh, Do you actually, I I prefer the Atari Boys of Summer cover. Ew. Oh, it's so good. You uh, really have a soft spot for early 2000s punk covers of what do you mean early? hit songs. What do you mean early? What do you mean? It still exists. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not part yeah, of the Yeah, you were making fun of me part of the a culture. month ago for, I put something up about Riot Fest. <laughs> what did 20, I say? For 2021, <laughs> and you respond back, ooh, you still like Taking Back Sunday. I <laughs> 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 yeah, po- posted uh, it from their from their Instagram You post. still like Taking Back Sunday. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, I do. Uh, My oh, favorite band of all time. I have uh, – is Sunday – is Taking Back Sunday sometimes colloquially referred to just as Sunday? I, I don't think don't so. Think so. No, because so, no. someone was talking to me really casually about like you know a late '90s, early not early 2000s like punk or like pop punk or emo band, and they like were a like some 41 or something. But Ooh. it was like a name like My Chemical Romance or Taking Back Sunday, but they were only referring to it by like you know Romance really had a good niche. Oh, okay, it's <laughs> something like that. I, it wasn't My Chemical Romance, and I just had to say, excuse me. W- w- what band are you referring to? And they were like, oh, you know, My Chemical Romance. And I said, <laughs> no, I do not know. You have to clarify that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because that was 20 years ago when that band was popular. <laughs> They're headlining Riot Fest next year. My Chemical Romances? Yeah. yeah. Jeez Louise. Can we find new bands? No. Okay. Anyways, this has been another scintillating episode of Matt Brown's pop um, punk bashing. Before we do leave, though, what? I know you wanted to run down Let's Adam Sandler movies. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we should talk about booze a little bit, too. That's oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what are we drinking? What are we drinking? Uh, this is Blum Bros Distilling Company. That's why we have co-hosts. Old, fangled, Nodder bourbon, the <laughs> oldest straight bourbon whiskey we never distilled. <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah. One of the best. This is uh, the last batch of it, so it's 106.4%. <laughs> it's a 106.4 proof, a blend of, I think, Why? like 11 or Bob's 12 barrels here. Yeah, so each batch had a different <laughs> proof. This proof, uh, this batch, the 106.4 proof batch, uh, was a- is actually 13 years old. How many casts oh. were, uh, cast were in a batch? I think this one was like 10 or 11. I think it was a little fewer than... Oh, yeah, sorry, because you were just, yeah, we're just still at the year place. I was no. like, how did you guys produce so much in one batch? Right. Because you're usually producing, what, three to four barrels? Eight, eight barrels in a batch. Oh, really? Yeah, nice. around there. Which, um, if you've been sleeping on the bourbon, um, this last batch that we put out that's kind of hitting the channels, it's really, really good. Straight Actually, bourbon, right? Yeah, the straight yeah. bourbon. So yeah. all of our um, distillate is stamped with the uh, day it was bottled, and that... Uh, all the stuff that we bottled in 2020 has been really rich, uh, a, a great uh, blend of like four and five and six year old bourbons that we distilled. So, oh. 
Great time to check so back in. So you are blending with, the batches together. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, great. So how so many balls are you trying to get um, done at a time, you think? In our eight barrels, uh, eight uh, like our normal like eight barrel blends, we're making like two thousand bottles. Oh, nice. That's yeah. good yield. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, are you calling the bottle? I'll just take a picture of it. Well, I want some whiskey in my glass. You guys all pour some. May I pour you some? I wish you would. May I pour you some? Wait, wait. So, the blending process. How do you select the barrels per batch? Uh, just tasting a bunch of them. Do you want to have like more of some spicier barrels with the more caramel barrels in there? Yeah, great, qu- great question. We have a hey, house. I'm full th- of them. <laughs> <laughs> You've been working on your questions, huh? Um, <laughs> you know what? I take it Is back. Your head's getting a little big. Good question. Because my hair. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, this humi- this humidity is doing something to Aren't the volume you of your hair. Oh yeah, yes, that, okay. that does happen for sure. Uh, so um, we have a house style that we're trying to hit. Um, well, that's what I was. They mentioned that. The yeah, so we're yeah. trying to kind of kind of mimic, mimic yeah. it a little bit. Yeah, you know, definitely. So we're blending with like uh, six or seven of those barrels to hit that house style as hard as possible. The seventh and, and or seventh and eighth barrels are just the pep, uh, salt and pepper that makes that batch a little extra special. Give it a little a- dimension because. Um, yeah, just uh, bl- blending for a house style, you're not going to make an interesting, like, spectrum of bottles over time, you know? That's the fun part. Are you for consistency? In no, team? not particularly. I think so, yeah. And it would be, I think, really hard to have consistency from right. such a craft product. Are so you calling it small batch? Or huh? Are you calling it small batch? No, no. just straight bourbon. Just craft whiskey? Yeah, craft yeah. whiskey. Yeah. We, you can call it whatever you want. You want to call will. it small batch? I want to call it actually large batch. Go for it. Yeah. If that if that pleases you, my lord. <sighs> I want to call this um, my love. Okay. Then you can. Yeah. I'm going to call you Jack Hookie. Someone literally texted me today saying, hey, Jack. Jack, how's hey, it going? Hey, Jack. Want to have a virtual tasting? I was on a... Uh, um, a uh, flight to Ireland... When I was maybe 17, 18, sitting next to a man who called me Marcus the whole time. Mm. So I w- <laughs> was um, scared to correct him after introducing him. We, to we have a regular here that uh, still calls me. He thinks I'm a former bartender, Mark, and he still calls me. No, not Mike. No, funny. Wilson calls Mike Mark. I know Wilson did call Mike Mark, but we, there's a uh, yeah we have a regular and he st- and he still calls me Mark and it's been so long I'm like I, I this point I don't know if I can even correct him. I, what's I, the point? What's the point? Right, you know? right. I don't really get offended by that. No, me neither. Uh, and we are uh, pairing yes. this wonderful bourbon oh. with uh, <laughs> back to what we're drinking. <laughs> we are a drinking uh, podcast. Some local love. We are drinking the uh, Aleman uh, Ladies Man. Uh, this is an American wheat ale. Aleman's uh, a fantastic local local brewery. Um, 
they actually won. They got their start uh, in 2012 or 2013. I want to say late 2012. They were brewing out of a, out of a garage or a kitchen, and they actually won a national homebrew competition that was put on by Stone and two brothers. Oh, that rules! Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, they made a before these were even a thing. They made a coffee IPA. Oh, cool! And uh, like 2012 or 2013, and they won the national homebrew competition. Got to go out to Stone um, and brew it on a na- nationwide uh, scale, and we're like, hey, maybe we can do this thing. And I, I may have mentioned these guys before, but great people, uh, Nate Albrecht, Jim Morehouse, and uh, Brad Zeller. Um, They're great people. This is an American wheat ale with lemon thyme. Uh, This actually is a great story behind it that I'll save, um, and maybe we'll have them on the podcast uh, where they can tell the the story of the ladies' man. It has a great, has, has a fantastic genesis. Uh, but anyways, this is an American wheat ale. Uh, they make uh, lemon time at the. Dist- um, they make their own garden and uh, oh, throw cool. some of their own lemon time at the brewery. Oh, that's cool. Um, uh, this has three different yeast strains: a uh, a German wheat, um, a Belgian wit, and another yeast strain. Um, they just switched up uh, the grain bill a little bit to go to Pilsner malt, huh. which gives it a little bit of a drier finish. I would say it is dry. It yeah. is dry, right? It has a good carbonation to it. Um, uh, you get that, you know, kind of that um, somewhat of a farmhouse Belgian, um, great carbonation to it too. But then it, the Pilsner malt really dries us out. Uh, they have nailed in this this recipe. Do they add um, that? It's fantastic. Pilsner malt, so kind of take down some of the sweet and tart- tartness of a yeah, or just a lemon. little bit of the. It is a yeast-driven beer, um, and I think that the switch up to the Pilsner malt just that just dried out that finish a little bit nice. um, to bring in some balance. Not that it was out of balance before, but um, they're always tweaking stuff. Um, they're great people. Um, they work in the restaurant industry still. Um, talk about supporting local. Yeah. This is as local as it gets. That's great. Um, and uh, anyways. So, well, hopefully so. if Ailman, a local brewery, commits to coming on the podcast, they will not bail on us like another local brewery. Oh, no. They, uh, oh. 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 Shots fired. Oh. Shots fired. You know who you are. Uh, you know, yeah. you what, know. Did, uh, what did Nate or we just refer to them? I just got off the phone with him a little bit before, the, before, the, before we jumped on here, and he said they're uh, enthusiastic – Whiskey drinkers who happen to make beer. Well, oh, the, uh, so, seems they fit right uh, in. Yeah, and any, they can touch on. They uh, still work at our uh, what Nate uh, bartends uh, at the Bar in Buena. Oh, has for nice. years. He actually worked for Fountainhead too. Uh, Jim Morehouse has been running Rockwells. Oh, really? Um, up oh, in Lincoln Square for years and years. I um, never knew that was Rockwell him. rules. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, Jim, that's Jim Morehouse. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, think he might even live above it. I'm not totally sure on that. But anyways, well, let's go visit. Sorry to let's sorry to throw out your sorry to throw out your address, Jim. If you happen to listen. Uh, but, I've done uh, it twice in the podcast. But yeah, go to Rockwell's. <laughs> it's a great neighborhood spot. Um, support these guys. Um, they're awesome people, and they make really, really solid beer. So Let's do it. It's yeah. a yeast-driven beer. Reminds me of those new uh, biodynamic no. farm tractors, no. you know? No. Those no. Uh, yeast-driven deers. John Deers. I'm from Iowa. There's a lot of John oh. Deere tractors there. Cool. All right. <laughs> Wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. That is uh <laughs> I didn't mean you wrap it up. <laughs> so this is Map Round to all my fellow all my fellow skateboarders out there. If you're if you're looking for a way to uh support a small business that is black owned, Google the blacklist skateboarding. There is a uh, link on Thrasher uh, for it's a Google Docs um, page full of uh, black owned skateboarding companies, skate clothes, hardware, 
black-owned skate shops. Everything black-owned. So a great way if you're looking for some bearings or a new deck or whatever, or just like sh shoes from a skate shop and you want to support a black-owned company, that's a, like a super easy way to do it. And I know I've, I've shipped some stuff to the house and uh, felt good, especially uh, right now where it's hard to find stuff at your local shop because of uh, mm. COVID-related um, uh, supply chain issues. Yeah, just Google the blacklist skateboard and uh, the link uh, from Thrasher to the Google Docs is uh, is really cool. Nice. And it grows. They keep on adding more companies really uh, cool. to it. Yeah. Nice. Bob, anything you want to throw out there? Uh, yeah, come uh, go to come up and hang out on the rooftop. Uh, go to FountainheadChicago.com. Uh, we do encourage reservations, although we do have a few tables in, available for walk-ins. Uh, FountainheadChicago.com will direct you to our reservation site. Uh, right on FountainheadChicago.com is also um, our takeout and delivery menu from uh, the Fountainhead Market. We are still doing takeout and delivery on select Hell days. Hell yeah. Um, so that is still rolling. So if people aren't feeling comfortable getting out and about, um, we will do pickup uh, or takeout. Um, follow us uh, at Fountainhead Shy on Instagram uh, and Twitter. Um, and, and scroll back in the Instagram to see the Aleman visiting Fountainhead to do what's that beer, th the beer thing that they oh, do. Oh, the poker. They, yeah, the yeah, poker. Yeah, the poker. Um, oh, my God. Why am I? Uh, what is Gunstling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. called Gunstling. It is an old German tradition where you take, in the winter, they take a strong, mm -hmm. dark Bach beer yeah. um, that has uh, residual sugars in it. Yeah. And you take a very hot iron poker and you literally, you dump it, you poke it into your beer caramelizes the residual sugars brings them to the top and almost creates like a marshmallow like top to your beer Ooh. uh it it was, these guys came to me with this idea yeah. it's one of our favorite events we well That's hopefully awesome. we do it this year we'll see uh see what happens but uh, we would do it in our fireplace they would make a bock a weizenbach beer <laughs> yeah and they would like hang out at the fire people would come and they would literally poke their beer with a hot iron poker and then you know, you, so you're drinking a marshmallow beer. I feel like beer. Samu so was involved in this somehow. Samu was, Samu was around <laughs> yeah. for this, yes. And then we would just try all different types of beers and yeah. see what it would Why do. Yeah. Uh, it's a very, it's, yeah. it's, I think the initial video is like one of the, the most viewed video that Fountainhead has ever had. Ooh, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, that's a really cool thing. So follow uh, Aleman uh, as well. And uh, there was one other thing I had and now I'm forgetting it, so. Well, they're always doing cool shit over here at Fountainhead. It's true. Always bringing in new beers and new whiskeys. It's just rules. And we can uh, cut this if you're, if you want to, Bob. But let us know if you're interested in doing a whiskey tasting in person, possibly on a roof deck out there, people. Yes, um, that would be awesome. Yes. Oh, safely. My is email is Bob at FountainheadChicago.com. If there's anybody that's like looking for some cool whiskeys or anything that I might be able to pull out from the from the basement through the Fountainhead Market or or source something. Well, um, uh, two guys here might be interested. Yeah. Um, and yes, I would love to do um, like a whiskey tasting live uh, with some people, with some of our, our regulars. And, it's something and, we've and uh, thrown out there to each yes, other that we're uh, thinking about. How, how can we get back to you guys, the listeners, the community of whiskey in yeah, person absolutely. at a safe distance? At a safe distance and do it the right way. I'd, I'd love that. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, gentlemen. Thanks, guys. Bob, thanks for co-hosting. Of course. Matt, thanks for co-hosting. You're welcome. You're welcome, I'm everyone. I'm going to give you a co-hosting uh, title back in the podcast. Oh. Oh. <laughs> hey. It's what may transpire and between it, now and the next time I'm kicked off of the podcast, you'll have to listen to Quick find thought. out. Put it in your email Who's right at the bottom. It's in another title. All I need is a, oh, a short answer. FA Cup winner. Um, Chelsea. I think so, too. Yeah. 
Arsenal for, are just for trash. Wilson Torres, who is absent of us today, of Union Horse Distilling Co. Love myself, you, Jake Hookie of Star Wars Distillery. We appreciate everybody out there listening to us, and then uh, enjoy your rest of your week. Cheers, guys. Cheers.